Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Evan Jimenez. Boston has been very hot in the past few days, with Tuesday's temperatures reaching a high of around 94 degrees, with isolated storms brushing through the area. Wednesday is expected to be partly cloudy with a high of 91, the rest of the week looking similarly warm as things remain in the mid-80s to low 90s. Ulala Kachioka is here now to report on a four-day pilot of BU's COVID-19 testing protocols. A four-day pilot of Boston University's COVID-19 testing program began on Monday. Up to 400 students will be tested on the medical canvas throughout the trial this week. Test collections will be done with a nasal swab and will be self-administered using a testing method called RT-PCR, or reverse transcription polymerase chain reaction. The university hopes to provide test results within 24 hours. Testing on the Charles River campus is scheduled to begin on August 3rd. Up to 750 students will be tested daily. Eventually, the university hopes to test between 5,000 and 6,000 people per day. Director of Student Health Services Judy Platt told BU Today that, quote, certain groups of students will be prioritized for higher testing frequencies based on a variety of factors, including their living arrangements on campus and their interactions with the campus community, end quote. During the fall semester, students will need to complete a daily web-based survey to note whether they have experienced any symptoms of COVID-19. It will also indicate whether students are overdue for testing or are being advised to stay home. Students who require testing will choose a time slot to do so. Students showing no symptoms will also need to test at regular intervals. BU faculty and staff who test positive will be asked to stay at home. Students who have tested positive will follow quarantine protocols provided by the university. In Honolulu, Hawaii, this is Ulala Kajioka from WTBU News. Thanks, Ulala. Joining us now is Amanda Schneider with the report on Boston Mayor Marty Walsh and the reopening of colleges this fall. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh announced on Tuesday that he will be meeting with the presidents of the city's many colleges and universities to discuss their reopening plans for the fall. He says he is concerned about the thousands of young people returning to the city, especially if they are coming from places that are experiencing a rise in COVID-19 cases. Schools such as UMass Boston and Harvard have announced their plans to hold most of their classes online, while Boston University and Boston College have plans to return to campus. Walsh noted that many communities are worried about the sheer number of students moving back to the city and commented on how this year will be different, especially since many colleges and universities are staggering their move-in processes. He added that he will also be discussing how colleges and universities will be adhering to Governor Charlie Baker's quarantine order for students who will be living both on and off campus. This meeting will occur on Wednesday. In Fairfield, Connecticut, I'm Amanda Schneider for WTBU News. Thanks, Amanda. And now we'll hear from Stephanie Joseph for a story about a lawsuit from the Wall of Moms in Portland. Wall of Moms, a Portland, Oregon protest group, filed a lawsuit against several federal agencies on Monday over their presence in the city. They are joined by another city advocacy group, Don't Shoot Portland. The lawsuit claims that 100 federal officials from the U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, among others, were sent to Portland to intimidate protesters. The group asserted that the agents pose a threat to democracy because protests are protected by the First Amendment. 
The lawsuit also alleges that DHS agents have tear-gassed protesters and shot rubber bullets and beanbags at them. Videos have shown that federal agents lacking identification badges are blindsiding protesters by emerging from unmarked vehicles to arrest them. When asked about the federal agents on Tuesday, U.S. Attorney General William Barr told the House Judiciary Committee that there is no place for the rioters and anarchists who are tainting the protests in this country. In Laurel, Maryland, I'm Stephanie Joseph for WTBU News. Thanks, Stephanie. Next, a story regarding potential teacher strikes across America from Lily Kepner. American Federation of Teachers leader Randy Weingarten announced on Tuesday that the teachers union would support safety strikes by teachers who felt their school isn't taking proper safety precautions to protect against COVID-19. They said these strikes would be the last resort and must be approved by the local union, but quote, nothing is off the table, end quote. The union, with over 1.7 million members, drafted its own resolution about safety concerns that call for more stringent requirements in the federal government, specifically calling for schools to only open when the community transmission rate is below 1% and when the positivity rate of tests performed is below 5%. Weingarten also emphasized that schools should be able to shut down if any of that data changes and need to have sufficient contact tracing and containment protocols in place. The union specifically targeted President Donald Trump for his irresponsible advising and leadership during the pandemic. Their statement comes the same week that Senate Republicans introduced a COVID relief bill in the Senate that would set two-thirds of the $70 billion funding to help K-12 schools reopen in person. In Wilton, Connecticut, I'm Lily Kepner for WTBU News. Thanks, Lily. Finally, an update from Gabriela Lopez about a former Malaysian prime minister sentenced to prison. On Tuesday, former Prime Minister Najib Razak was sentenced to 12 years in prison by a Malaysian court after several corruption trials. At 67, he was found guilty for channeling around $700 million to his bank accounts from one Malaysia development Berhard or one MDV, a government-run strategic development company. He's the first Malaysian leader to be convicted, which opposition lawmakers pointed to as a victory for the citizens. After being brought down from the government two years ago, Najib was sentenced to 12 years in jail for abuse of power, 10 years for three counts of money laundering, and 10 more years for criminal breach of trust, and a fine of $49.4 million. Najib stated, following the court's ruling, that this is not the end of the world and he will start a process of appeal. In Miami, Florida, I'm Gabriela Lopez for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune into our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Jenny Kornreich, Will Andronico, and Grace Ferguson, I'm Evan Jimenez reporting from Somerset, New Jersey for WTBU News. <laughs>